Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Chatting with Kathy. I'm Kathy Kelly, and I have to start off by apologizing before I get into the interview in today's episode because I have not been as consistent as I've wanted to be with this podcast the last month. Um, I had a, a guest cancel and after they pushed back and then I had audio issues with another interview. So it's been bi-weekly this past month, but that is not what I want to do. I want to have a new episode for you guys every Thursday or Friday. So I promise, promise, promise that it is going to get back on schedule moving forward. And I uh, just want to say I'm sorry for not putting these out as regularly as I had hoped There will be a new episode next week, I promise. Before we get into that, this week's episode, the interview is pretty good because I have one of my good friends, he's become a good friend in a very short amount of time, Carlo Cannon, joining me on this episode. If you guys listen to the Raw or NXT after show on AfterBuzz, you might have heard him over the past month. He's He's been a guest on the show several times, and he is just such a positive person, so much fun to be around, always smiling, it seems like. And I think that you guys are really going to enjoy the episode because we talk about how he got his start in wrestling, how he continues to do charity work, um, all of his travels, and of course, We talk about the staples, like what his favorite cereal is, and other super serious conversation. So, without further ado, my interview with Carlo Cannon. My guest today, Carlo Cannon. (laughs) Thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me. Yes, and obviously you have been very busy since you've been in the States from <laughs> podcasting and uh, traveling all around, I I'm, feel like. Yeah, I'm trying, I'm, I guess. I don't know. I didn't even know what this trip was. It was just... Yeah, I want to talk to you about why you came over here and how <laughs> we met and all of that stuff on today's episode. But first, I want to bring it back to the very beginning because for those that don't know who you are, you are a wrestler, professional yes, wrestler. I am. And you are from Melbourne, Australia. Very good. You even said it almost Australian. Melbourne. 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 Ugh, you got to just move over. <laughs> and um, yeah, so how did you get your start in wrestling? Obviously, I know it's something that you've loved your entire life. But... Yeah. Uh, look, wrestling for me, like when I was uh, a little boy, when I was about five, um, I didn't have many friends. We'd moved from like, uh, my parents moved from the Philippines to Australia to give me a better life. And, and not much has changed. No, no, clearly, <laughs> clearly I kid, not. I kid. <sighs> it's going to be one of those ones, isn't it? Yep. <laughs> so they moved from the Philippines and amazing life they had and, uh, gave it all up, uh, to give me a shot at a better life. Um, so they lived in like the country, moved into the city and I didn't really, uh, have many friends so um you know i used to be that kid that used to sit on like the fence and like the the footballs and the soccer balls would hit me and then it was i was quite sad and lonely as a kid um and then um do my you uncle, remember the philippines at all no well i wasn't I've, i was born in australia oh, but okay. i was brought to the philippines when i was maybe a couple of years old just to get baptized so all my godparents are in the philippines yeah so i never had any cool godparents to buy me gifts see it's tough it's it's a tough life, tell you. <laughs> um, but it was good as a kid. Um, I, I, I was a, I'd play alone and just hang out and, um, I'd make friends easy, but just, um, yeah, I always felt really lonely and my uncle came and showed me pro wrestling on a little VHS and I brought it to show and tell and then I became the popular kid. 
Wow. I was the cool kid because wrestling and uh the parents didn't like me because I Do you I, know what show he he gave you? Uh, okay, so I remember I remember Hulk Hogan being handcuffed to the ropes by Big Boss Man and my uncle's like that's so bad and I'm like this is so good like I like the guy that's handcuffing him and he's like no 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 we like Hulk Hogan like, no 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 I like this guy with the handcuffs because he's smart and I later, later on met Big Boss Man when I was five which oh is the coolest thing ever so yeah he showed me wrestling and I brought the VHS to school and uh, the parents didn't like me because I introduced their kids to uh, violence yeah. but um, all the kids liked me and then they let me read because I didn't like reading and they let me read like wrestling books which is nice of them and I'm talking about the capacity crowd of 75,000 people when I'm like five and six so well and- obviously you're very extroverted person now Would you? Oh. I feel like you make friends very easily so I'm was a that little transition? bit of a, I'm a little bit of a social butterfly <laughs> that's all I like. I don't know, you I, were a caterpillar before. <laughs> now you're a beautiful butterfly. I'm a, I'm a butterfly. I'm a Pokemon fan. So I'm a butterfly. <laughs> I did. I evolved. I did evolve. But yeah, and then um, level I, up. I did. It's all that training. <laughs> and then I guess um, as a as growing up, I I never thought I was going to become a wrestler because I always thought I was one. Um, embarrassingly, I used to. Oh, this is embarrassing. I used to draw like the faces of wrestlers on pieces of paper and then stick them on my pillows. And then put my underwear on the pillows and then beat them up. <laughs> I, I don't think I told you that. Which wrestlers did you do that to specifically? I well, I did Hulk Hogan because I wanted to beat him up. Yeah, um, that's when did he you was handcuff Hollywood. him to your bed. No, there was no arms. Oh. but I was doing like flipping pile drivers back when I was a kid. So I, like, I invented that move when I was seven. Um, yeah, I used to beat him up, and that's what I used to do. And like when I would. <laughs> Like, as a kid, I'm very visual, so you have to draw things when you add. It's like, I used to draw, like, two Rowdy Piper bagpipes plus three Rowdy Piper bagpipes equals five Rowdy Piper bagpipes. So you're great at math. No, I was terrible. I was terrible at maths. But I tried. E for effort, right? (laughs) Great at English, too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. We're, like, only a few minutes here. Um, so obviously, I mean, I know this, but you were one of Lance Storm's first students. You were his very first student. Yes, correct. How, like, did you have any wrestling training before that? Or what prompted you to this kid from Australia decide <laughs> to go all the way to Canada to take classes from someone you had never worked with before when you when you put it that way it sounds crazy it does right? sound crazy i mean it's awesome it's crazy awesome but it is a little bit crazy you have um, to have I a think... few screws loose to do something like that oh wow again or just Ooh. be very passionate okay how about let's go with passionate yeah i like that one um when i was 16 i was like i'm gonna do this so i was like i guess i used to watch ecw wcw all of it mostly wcw and ecw because we didn't really get wwe so um i was tape trading like a little nerd and I found ECW and I saw Lance Storm on it and I'm like oh this is really cool and then when he jumped shit with WCW no one knew who he was but me and all my friends didn't know who he was so I'm like I know him he's really cool so he's like that's my guy I I'm, I know someone that no one else knows so I was like I want to be just like him so I contacted the Hart family when I was 16 I sent them an email on the old Yahoo because that's what it was back then and they said wait till you're 18 and come over so I saved money I worked some jobs and uh, I moved over when I was 18 and um, I actually got advice 
in the wrestling business when I was just before I moved over from uh, I was finding like wrestlers online and I found a guy named Lenny um, and I sent him an, uh, a message and I was just like you know what advice do you have if I want to be a wrestler and he gave me advice turns out which is crazy now uh, his name's he's Dr. Luther and uh, he was one of the guys that used to run with Jericho and Lance and, and Don Callis so it's just a really big full circle that yeah. um, this guy that gave me advice before I ever met Lance is now like a friend of mine and he's I'm 10 years in so I moved to Calgary uh, at 18 years old uh, I was staying at a guy's house who I'd met at the airport for the first time his name was Tyler he had a he was a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend oh my gosh. and he had a mattress in his apartment like in a spare room as far south from Calgary as you can get it was like at least an hour and a half from like Anything. Anything. But it's closer than Australia. It sure is. So after that 20-something hour flight, uh, I moved to Calgary and then I lived with him and then I got a job straight away because I had a visa. So I worked at a uh, at Build-A-Bear workshop. Uh, Stuffing teddy bears. That was what I was doing, yes. Yes, I did. And then <laughs> I worked at Spare Parts, which is like a, selling goggles and hats and stuff. And I don't know anything about goggles and, wa- and watches. And I cannot tell you how obsessed I was with Build-A-Bear when really? I was in junior high. That's so Maybe, funny. Yeah, yeah, I would like beg to go there. Really? Do you, yeah, do you have... I think I got two over the course of oh, my lifetime, which is pretty cool. I was pretty good. I used to run the birthday parties and stuff, and I knew all about those teddy bears. Yeah. I, was, I think I was... There's only three guys working there. You put the little heart in and you, yeah, I do. It, you make a wish. No, I make you do everything. You have to jump up and down to wake the heart up and you have to yell wake up to it and spin in a circle. And... What is something, because I think you've told me this before, what is something that you would do to embarrass guys who come in with their girlfriends <laughs> when they're trying to be really cute and romantic and build a teddy bear together? Well, a lot of the guys don't want to go in there with their girlfriends so they're acting all tough so I would make them, they'd have to kiss the heart and they have to make a wish. They have to jump up and down and give the heart some energy. They have to yell, wake up. And they'd be like, oh, wake up. I'm like, mate, you got to... I'm like, mate, you got to bloody yell. I'm like, oh, don't, don't you, you don't love your girlfriend, do you? And, and she's like looking at him, giving him the evils. And he's like, all right, I guess, guess I do love it. And he's, <laughs> he's yelling, wake up. And he's looking at me. He's like, why are you doing this? I'm like, because I can. I have to enjoy my day, right? I have to be happy from 9 a.m. to like 10 p.m. So yeah. I thought that's why I picked that place because I'm like, I walk past this store and I'm like, everyone's really happy here. If I'm going to work in another country and I don't know anyone, I'm going to work where everyone's really happy. Nowhere right? someone um, or a place that also has very, very, very happy employees. Where's that? Trader Joe's. I've never met a non-happy Trader Joe's employee. What's a Trader Joe's? It's a grocery store. Like, is it? Yeah, they have like cheaper food. And... <laughs> You're gonna take me to a Trader Joe's? Yeah. All right, cool. Introduce I'll take you, you to America. Sweet. I'll take you to Build a Bear. They might let me go through that. Well, in Calgary, they let me know. Let me do it. Yeah. Probably not here. So, were there no wrestling schools in Australia at the time? Or I, I'd just... gone. That was uh, where you wanted to go. That's that's where I really wanted to go. I'd, I'd seen a few in Australia, but they weren't. Uh, what I had expected. So I went all the way. I mean, I, I did train at a, a school there for a couple of sessions and, it, um, you know, they gave me, they taught me a few things and then they, Lance told me to not do that. So, but when I first got there, um, I, I moved to Calgary. I spoke to the hearts and, you know, after being kind of messed around for about a month, uh, turns out they didn't have a school and I'd moved my whole life. Shut up. Yeah. They moved me all the, I moved all the way over there. I'd met up. I remember meeting up with Bruce, Bruce Hart at a, uh, a wings house and, uh, Natty was the, um, 
was the waitress and he had all these big plans and told me all about training and then four weeks later so this is prior to natty joining the wwe yes as well. okay. long time this is like 10 years ago yeah. so i'm like you know i'm excited it's like oh that's jim nighthouse i'm like whoa that's really cool and i'm here with my eyes full of grandeur and, and hope and excitement and they yeah four weeks later there's nothing at 18 years old oh my god and like world. Oh my, and i'd worked for i worked for a charity called the reach foundation and i'd been telling my dream and my story to thousands of kids and um one of my mentors there uh, jim steins who's who's now passed he was such a big inspiration so he believed in me so i'm coming from a place where everyone's so supportive and happy and like yes it's all gonna work and then i get into the real world and i'm like oh good lord what's happening you're a very positive person so what what was your reaction when they didn't have a school was it okay i need to make them have a school i need to <laughs> like what did you do uh i remember because it was at 2 a.m when i was told a few things um and my roommate took me to a Denny's and he bought me an ice cream. So that has always been my comfort food now. And I just sat there and I was just really sad. And, uh, the girlfriend I had at the time, um, I was like, well, I'll find solace in her and I'll send her a message. And, um, but she beat me to it. She already sent me an email, but it, it wasn't the email I was expecting. Just an email that she had, uh, she had cheated on me at a, at a formal and put the lyrics to goodbye, my lover. So I hate that song still. Sorry, James Blunt, but I don't like that That's song. That's so freaking rude. Yeah. It was the same, I mean, I think the crazy thing was, it was the same day. So yeah. I was like, oh man, life sucks today. I got broken up with in a Facebook message once. Did you? That was the worst. A Facebook message? Yeah. Oh, that's... Yeah. And that's there's no tone. That's terrible. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll go part two then. We'll talk about relationship. That's another <laughs> podcast for us. Um, yeah, so I was... I remember like just being so sad, but I was like, I can't go home. Like I've, I've come all this way. I've moved all this way. And I guess... You know, my ego also wouldn't let me come home because it's like, well, everyone's going to think this. And I, my ego saved me a lot in my, like, in my life in, in a good way. So, you know, I, I always thought I was too good for drugs and, but I never judged anyone. I was just like, well, color doesn't do drugs. I don't do that. So I don't do it. And the same with, um, society. Uh, I'll have a drink here and <laughs> oh, there. Okay. Oh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I was just like, I don't know what to do. Um, so I just, um, kept going. Yeah. I got up the next day and went to work and do what I had to do. And literally a few months later, I'd been hearing on radios, like, uh, radio interviews and stuff that Lance was opening up a school. And I'm like, this is crazy. So I, all I did was, is I got uh, a check for $500 and a wrestling resume. And I remember running to the post office, which was across the road from where I was staying. And I paid the guy like $40 to express post it to there. Cause I wanted to make sure I got in. And uh, a few days later, um, the me the letter came back, and I held it up to the light, and I looked through it, and I could see my check still in there. And I was like, "No, I didn't make it." And then I opened it, and it was the receipt, <laughs> so <laughs> it was all right. And Lance had written me a personal letter, which I have at home framed, um, with the first ever money I made wrestling. I said I'm going to keep the first ever twenty. Like I only made twenty bucks. It's the first ever twenty dollars Canadian I made, and I still got it. So um, it's with that. And Lance pretty much said, "Look, I'm sorry to hear what happened with the hearts, but you're." In my biased opinion, you're better off with me. So, <laughs> Lance is funny. He's a cool guy. And the crazy and so thing was, too. oh, I mean, clearly, uh, he turns out the funny thing is, is a not only he actually lives around a corner from where I was living because he lives so far south as well. And he said, "Hey, if you want, um, I can drive you to class every morning." And I'm like, "Oh my." God. 
drive drive to class for like an hour every day with my 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 childhood hero like uh okay so i was i was freaking out so i'm like yeah that'd be cool then he laughs at me when he picks me up because he realized that i paid a guy 40 dollars to pretty much grab the letter and put it in the po box that i was standing in front of yeah i guess i didn't really look that i guess it's partly my fault too because i didn't look at the address too excited i was like i'm not missing out (laughs) so we would talk for hours and like i was shocked that lance because he plays such a serious character you know, his, his catch, his catchphrase was, if I can be serious for a minute, and he's dead serious all the time. When I found out how funny he was, and how dry his humor is, I think that's what, um, blew my mind. So for the first, for three months, I trained with Lance, uh, Monday through Friday for four hours. There's only five people in our class, and I would drive with him for an hour, then he'd drop me off at the, Build a bit workshop. You're a teacher's pet. I was. I was. <laughs> I think I was, yes, because I was so bright eyed and confused and just like, I was just so happy to be there. It didn't matter. So, yeah, and we became, I guess, with our long drives, we became really good friends. And um, the crazy thing was I ended up having Christmas dinner with him and his family. You became family to him after a few years, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, look, after, um, uh, I remember he got us booked on a show. Uh, This is a funny story. We got booked on a wrestling show. um, And he said, look, they said there's going to be like, couple hundred people there it's going to be a big show it's at a native canadian reserve it's a couple hour drive um i guess out there they get paid by the government like on a certain day and the guys run the show the same day they get the money so they would spend the money there as opposed to buying essentials is what you should be doing right so it's like come to the wrestling so we went there um, we're in this little tiny locker room and this guy's telling Lance, you know, how, what the show's going to be like. And then we go out there and there's like not even four people outside. I remember there was two people in the crowd. There's one person doing music in the bell and there was Lance in the bleachers and he's sitting there filming. So that's, that's how good he was. Like he drove us to our bookings and would film the matches for us. And, um, I remember I got, I got hurt because like, uh, the guy I was wrestling drop kicked me in the eye and I couldn't, my depth perception was no. so off. I went to a hurricane run off the middle rope and ended up doing like a, Lance calls it the cartwheel around it because it was one of the ugliest things ever. And, uh, he's laughing, like he's laughing on camera, which is good. And then that's when he goes, Hey, look, I'm having about all my family over. Do you want to come over for Christmas dinner if not doing anything? I'm like, yes. So me, the happiest kid on Christmas ever. Oh my god, it was my Christmas <laughs> present, and this is how stupid I was. I wore a suit because I didn't know what. To, what do you What do you wear to Christmas dinner? It depends on who the family is. I would assume <laughs> that Landstorm would not dress in a suit for oh, Christmas dinner. With I wore a suit, and I rock up at the door, and he's in like jeans and t shirt. And he goes, <laughs> he goes mm, "You look nice." I'm like, "Oh Were no!" Were the kids in like PJs? <laughs> yeah, so I'm, like dressed, and then uh, that's you know that with that meme was like you know you've made a terrible mistake that was then and then that's when the ribbing began like i remember they you know those bonbons you have bonbons where you pop in and you wear like do you have bonbons here what you don't have bonbons where you like I, the little chocolate no they're no. like these big surely it's not australian a popper australian. yeah like it's a, a wrap popper. present and you a, pop yeah, it yeah a popper yeah. where you like you pull it and then like the person that gets the bigger and wins it's like kind of like a wishbone thing no oh no oh, oh no 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 i'm confused are we talking about the same thing definitely not 
It's like it looks like a giant like candy wrapper type thing, and then you yeah. hold and you got the. But there's a present inside. Yeah, and it pop and it pops and it makes a big pop noise when you pull. And there's a present inside. Yeah, but you got to pull it against yeah. someone else. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's the same thing. Okay. But okay, good. I was like, I don't know what you Americans do, but yeah, we we have that, and then we had to put like the the paper hats on, like the paper crowns. Yeah. But my then, brothers and I used to do that at Christmas. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I wore it, but no one else did because they made me wear it. And then I realized I'm sitting there for like two, three hours with this paper thing on my head, and they've been laughing the whole time, and that's. That's when I knew Lance was going to rib me for as long as I was going to be around. So, Other than wrestling moves, what is the (laughs) biggest thing that you learned or took away from uh, training with him? Oh, he, Lance, like like a lot of people say, you know, he's helped a lot of people get their WWE careers and and helped them in in all aspects of of wrestling. But for me, he he literally changed my life. Like, I mean, he was a hero for me growing up, but he's the guy that... Um, gives me faith in, in, in so many things and not only just wrestling, but I mean, look, there's not many, if you look at wrestling couples and relationships, not many, not many stay together or they yeah. stay the same, but even like in general, and he's still been with his amazing wife, Tina, and they got two beautiful kids. And From what you told me, he's just a family man. He is the best. He's the best. Like he will do anything and everything, um, for anyone, especially those that, um, you know, that, that do good by him. And like, you know, he took me in. I, I stay, I lived with him for six months when, uh, he got injured. Mm-hmm. He blew his knee out, and I lived with him for six months. And I got to I got to see the kind of man he is. And you also ended up helping take over training at his school. Yeah, I took, that time. yeah. So he, I remember I went to visit Canada for two weeks because I had never seen it because all I did was work. And I took my best friend Chris Knight over with me, and uh, literally Lance had just got back from wrestling. I think it was Japan or Europe, and he blew his knee out, and he was walking with a cane, and he he couldn't walk. And I said to his wife, I said, "Look, um, if you want, I'll cancel my flight home. I can stay in." Canada without a visa for six months, I can stay six there. Six months? Yeah, I can stay for six months. The U.S. does not like people then. No, no, no. It's only three months here. <laughs> you have to leave. <laughs> uh, get out. Get out, boy. Um, so I was like, I can stay for six months um, and I'll just take all the bumps for you, for, for him, so he wouldn't have to. He could just teach and I'll just do everything else. Um, and I could be there for the guys and stuff. And, he's, and Tina says, look, he's very stubborn. He's going to say no, but insist. I'm like, okay. So I, I spoke to Lance and he goes... <laughs> He goes, yes, that'd be excellent. I was like, oh, no resistance. You know he's in pain. Yeah, he's like, please stay. I'm like, oh, crap. I'm like, well, where can I stay? Do you know, you got a lot of connections. Do you have anyone I can stay with? And he goes, well, my wife loves you and my kids love you. Do you want to live in our basement? Like, we have a spare room. I'm like, oh, my, oh my God. Like, yes. So I did. I stayed with him and, like, they'd pay me to babysit when they they could go out and have dinner. You're like and, the older teenage child. Well, this is, I don't know why I'm telling you this because he's going to laugh. But he... Uh, came up with a nickname for me. What is he it? He calls me Manny because I'm the male oh, nanny. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. That totally makes sense. Yeah, I don't like it. Hey, male nanny. He's like, hey, Manny. I'm like, uh, how about just, just Carlo works, Lance. That'd be great. I'm going to so, calling you Manny. Please, please don't call me Manny. <laughs> That's terrible. So he would, I babysit his kids. I taught little Rachel. She was, I believe she was six or seven at the time. I taught her to tie a shoelace and that was like, really cool and I, they're like 15 16 now and i'm like oh my god what's happening but i saw him he he carries such strong morals and beliefs and he sticks by them and, and he's very um you know he doesn't judge but he's he's there to support you regardless you yeah. know i know like for instance in this in this business of pro wrestling when it comes to like you know with with drugs and all that kind of stuff and i told him look i'd I'm never going to do that stuff out of respect for you and all that. And and he said to me, he's like, look, that's excellent. And just know you might hit a glass ceiling because they might want something like this. But 
you know, makes me happy. And I, I would always, I call him to this day for advice. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And sometimes if I'm being stupid, um, he will reel my head in and send me a message and be like, put your head in. Like, yes, <laughs> I that's. like, those are the best people in your life. The people that are able to check you when exactly. you need that, because I feel like there's so many people who are going to be happy or positive when you're succeeding. Yeah. But if you're making an ass out of yourself, they, they're the first to Yeah, exactly. It's away. like, oh, that's just who they are. It's like, no, like if I'm being an idiot, if yeah. I become arrogant or whatever, just That's what family me. does. That's what family is. And that's what I think. Um, I think it's rare as well. I think even even in relationships and friendships, you don't really have that these days. Everyone's too, everyone's too PC and trying to, you know, be politically correct and, and make other people happy. And at the end of the day, it's like... It's like having someone with a booger in their face. It's like, are you going to tell them or are you going to sit there and let them have like... <laughs> Sit there and let, like, <laughs> just laugh at it. Yeah, that's my entertainment. So you, yeah, uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Is this my We're not recording. This isn't the video, right? <laughs> but yeah, so like, um, that's what he taught me. He taught me a lot of how to become a man because I was a boy, and I was a boy when I was over there, and I had, I was eighteen, I was naive, and I was just like life wrestling. And he gave me the reality checks, and he goes, "Look, I know this is what happening. This was happening to you, but do this." And maybe you should do this or think about this. And same as Tina, his, his wife, like I would go out partying and get home at like one or two in the morning and she'd be on the couch reading a book and, uh, she would be, she'd give me advice and we'd chat. Past your bedtime. <laughs> I had curfews. I, oh my God. So like we'd all go, That's to, hilarious. we'd all go to the gym together and then the boy's like, Hey Carlo, come, come hang out at the house and, you know, come chill out with us. I'm like, yeah, that sounds cool. And Lance goes, what time are you going to be home for dinner? I'm like, ah, uh, he sounds like Batman, by the way. I'm like, ah, uh, I don't. No, it's like dinner's at six. Don't be late. Uh, okay, show Lance. And then I, the wife's like, "Man, you got a curfew." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm not allowed to be home at certain times." And uh, I would so much rather be in your position though than the oh hell yeah yeah like Lance partying or whatever. Hey Carlo, yes, I remember. <laughs> this is something Lance said to me. You probably won't remember it, but last time I was there, <laughs> I was at his house. We were having dinner. He goes, "Hey Carlo, do you like Family Guy?" I'm like, "Uh, yeah, it's all right." And he goes, "I don't." <laughs> that was it. <laughs> oh, I love Lance. He's my favorite. I mean, you've told me <laughs> several stories which are hilarious. I don't know if we can go into too much depth since no, no, no. the podcast is only an hour-ish long. I know. But um, I do thoroughly enjoy all of the stories and he seems oh, like an awesome God. guy. Well, that, you'll just have to do a chatting with Kathy with him yeah. and bring just bring me and him and I'll, I'll call him from cool. Australia. We'll just go to Cali. You want to go to Calgary? Let's go. Yeah. Well, I'm going to bring I you to Australia. I've been there for six months. That's right. Without a visa. <laughs> me too. <laughs> I'll meet you there. Um, so I wanted to know after you finished your training there or how long were you there in total? So I was there for three months initially. I was there for a full year but trained with Lance probably like three to four, four months and okay. it was wrestling and then I came home and then came back for another six months. So I guess within my first... In my rookie year of pro wrestling, I had well over like six, seven hundred hours of ring time. Yeah. So being in the ring was easy for me, like chain and all that kind of stuff, bumping. It just became natural because I did it for so long in my first year. When you got back to Australia, what was your game plan there? Was it just getting into wrestling or? I, I was lost. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie. When I got back to Australia, my, like I just came from this amazing world and this whole like dreams. I was like, what, what's going on? And I came back home and there was, I didn't know what to do. And I wrestled for a few companies and here and there and I was, it was very stagnant. I was just up and down. Um, and I, I always felt lost back home. Like there was nothing, there's so much talent, but we don't get seen. And our, our 
fans are like incredible in Australia mm-hmm. and we're spoiled by them and you don't realize how spoiled you are till you leave. And the stuff that you've shown me too is really high quality. Our production, Mikey J, uh, who does all my video stuff and is one of the owners of Melbourne City Wrestling, he's, he's been with me since day one and, um, he does amazing work. Amazing. Seriously. He could easily be working for WWE doing that kind of stuff. Like he's, he's that talented. So, um, like I just didn't know what to do and I, I, I found myself always going back to Canada. I've, I think I've done Lance's six times now what yeah because i did the first one then i did two in a row when i went back um sylvester lafour who's in uh, he was in those in that class too um and then i came back with emma yeah so there's a handful of people in nxt right now and other wrestling promotions as well but especially in wwe that came from lance storm oh they're all they're all from there a lot of everyone always asks me like what's with all the australians going there i'm like well i send them all there like um, I'm like, I'm waiting for that commission, Lance. Just so, go halfway across the world and there. <laughs> it'll be worth it. I mean, now I have my school now and, and that's really good, but we still, I still recommend people that have been wrestling for years to go over there and do it. He's, he just sees things that other people don't and he has those connections in the WWE because they know how good he is. So why not, like when I tell people what school should I go to when they go overseas, I'm like, why wouldn't you go to someone that's proven to have that many students succeed in not only WWE but in their careers? Yeah, and have the respect. I mean, I came into wrestling wanting the respect of um, other wrestlers and other workers, saying that you know this guy is a, does justice for pro wrestling, and you know he cuts great promos, and he, he can't. He's not just a guy that does spots. He's the guy that can work and tell a story, and that's what I love about wrestling. You know, I mean, that's what I fell in love with. You know, being a little kid. Yeah. I, I still like, I think I'm still a little kid anyways. I'm like a five year old. You act so. like it, for sure. Oh, thanks, Kathy. <laughs> um, so, being back in Australia, you said you were a little bit lost, but when did you kind of like get back on a path that you were happy with? Um, probably just before, like, I, I went to Canada, um, the most recent time, and that was probably about two, three years ago. Um, I was in a, I was in a job that was paying ridiculous money with amazing people, and I was, I was like a manager and uh, it wasn't until the passing of Jim Steins, like my, one of my mentors, where I realized that like, what am I doing? Like I'm, I'm settling for a job I can get when I'm 40 or 50 mm-hmm. um, and be really good at it. And he's a guy that just died and believed in my dream and I'm not chasing it as hard as I used to. So I put my notice in and, and went back overseas and went back to my roots and I got my triad over there and, and I guess that kind of re reignited that spark for me i was like well i'm so close and they told me such good things and there was no negative feedback so i'm like well what am i doing this is obviously what i'm meant to be doing and when i got home i was like i need to train every day there's no school and i have a ring so my time and effort went into opening up a wrestling school you don't want to look back when you're 40 and then well that's it not trying i think not giving everything yeah i mean i i feel that way even just every day when i look in the mirror like i want to be able to look in the mirror and be happy that i see back and if if i'm not happy then obviously i'm not doing the right thing and if I don't if I look in the mirror and I don't feel like I'm doing everything I possibly can to get where I want to be then what am I really doing um, but at the same time I still want to stay real to who I am and, and be good to the people around me I'm always going to um, you know I find it very hard to put myself first that's a big issue I've been dealing with um, but I find I find happiness in in the journey and being with people along the way like there's no point running this race alone um, and I feel I can I can get where I want to be even though everyone tells me I can't I can't people th- don't think I can get where I want to be by not being like by being how do I explain it like they want me to be more selfish 
to get where I need to be. And yeah. I feel... You've told me that too. <laughs> yeah, right? I've told you that too, but um, I feel I that... I can do it. It's so, isn't it hard? And I get, yeah. look, I guess I guess we'll raise very well. My mum is going to be very happy. <laughs> um, my mum's going to say hi again. You watch. Um, so, yeah, my mum raised me that way. That's how my mum and dad raised me. You know, like, you, you're good to your family, you're good to your friends, and, and you go to the top all together. Do you know what I mean? And I guess other people just get to the top and they, they go, hey, these are my friends, but I just... Uh, I, I genuinely know. believe that there's room for everyone. So that's, that's, that's why... Right. Help others. Exactly. This is why and we get along. And be a good human. <laughs> We're the same person. But that's... I mean, it's it's one of those things that I've... I feel like I've heard, but I also kind of knew throughout my entire life is, you know, at the end of the day, like when a hundred years after you've passed, no one's going to care about how much money you had, what kind of car you drove, what your, your job was. Like those are things that no one is going to remember. They're going to remember whether you're a good person to others. Exactly. And I, I think about like as morbid as it is, like if I was, if I was to die tomorrow, if I was, you know, at my funeral, like who'd be there and not, people are just because I've, I have a name or I've, I've made a reputation of myself as a wrestler but like who genuinely would be there because they, they're they genuinely upset that I'm gone because they, they care about me and who would still mourn me when I'm when I'm gone and not be like oh yeah that's that dude that, that wrestler died so you know that's what I think about as well like uh, you know something that we did at the Reach Foundation one of the things that we believe in it's like on your tombstone the most important thing isn't the date that you were born or the date that you died but that dash in between because yeah. it represents every single thing that you've done in your life. And for me, I want to make that not only achieve things in my career and, and have a family eventually one day and show my kids what I've done, but it's it's also the people that are around me. Um, I want to be, if I'm on my deathbed, look around and see all these amazing faces that are that are going to make me laugh because i can guarantee i'm going to be laughing when i'm on my deathbed yeah. being an idiot so you've mentioned the reach foundation a couple of times but for people that are listening that don't know what it is yeah. can you explain for a second uh basically it's a it's a youth organization um that was founded uh by jim steins and paul curry who are two amazing men and basically their theory is it's, it's young people inspiring other young people i think a lot of the times we have like a lot of older adults that have been there done that saying you should You're live like, your life I this way i don't want to listen to this exactly. old fart exactly so the, the the crew members are pretty much from 16 up to like mid-20s even like late 20s and it's young people inspiring other young people so you're following the journey of these people like i was going through I know as a kid, I never really had any major depression or any like negative stuff happen to me. Uh, and like, it's all happening now, but it, back then it, it Well, once you got no, that tape, exactly. your life was well, just uphill I mean, from there. it was skyrocketing, right? Um, but I didn't have anything. So when I met these kids that had gone through such intense ordeals and, and things that like, you know, I couldn't believe that they've been through. And here I am going, oh my God, I'm just woke because I can't find my bike pump. And I'm like, there's these kids going through like their parent like abusing them and yeah. and I uh, I just learnt so much to understand and empathise really because there's no I, I'm not very big on sympathy I don't feel sorry for people I rather I empathise and, and feel where they're coming from and understand and want to be there for them and and um help and learn them. exactly yeah. you know what I mean and it's as long as I'm learning as long as it's not a detriment to me I can help others. You know what I mean? I think we're probably the same in that we probably will sacrifice ourselves to help others. <laughs> That's a whole nother topic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and I think um, that that organization's amazing. You know what I mean? Back then it wasn't so, it's so mainstream now. It's quite big. It's getting quite big in Australia. But back when I was there, man, we used to do some crazy stuff. And I'm like, oh, is this even like, is, is it 
government going to come get us for like trying to help change these kids' lives and put them through extreme like experiences to make them, you know, see see a different light or a yeah. different avenue. So yeah, that that was it played such a major role in my life and chasing dreams. And I'm a very big dream chaser, as you can yes, tell. Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I am well aware. <laughs> Tell me about how um, MPW got its start. Which one? Or what is it called? M- MCW? MCW. MCW. So, like, I... MCW's running... They were running as um, ACW um, a long time ago, and uh, it was inherited by a couple of guys. So, Tommy Hellfire, who's one of the owners there, and a, and a wrestler, um, he and a guy named Mikey J uh, got Melbourne City Wrestling, and uh, I was approached. And Mikey... I've known Mikey since I started, since before... I left to Canada and um, he's always I used to film all these silly vignettes online like if you google my name and YouTube it there's all these stupid skits I used to do for Carlo Cannon TV and I'm running around the streets of Melbourne in my tights um, so you're doing promos forever essentially I was doing promos in the, yeah I was just doing vignettes just co- just because there yeah. was no real reason it's just because I thought that'd be funny and Mikey would always film them for free so he asked me if I wanted to work for Melbourne City Wrestling and I said look you're good to me I'm I'll work for you. And I wrestled there consistently, uh, for, for two years before any, I really got my, my break in that company. And I was always the consistent guy. I'm always having good, good and great matches. I was never really given the ball. I was just kind of, you know, just wrestling. And I guess you kind of coast through and all I want to do is, um, get back overseas, but then you got to work and all this stuff. So, um, I, I accidentally got really over with the crowd. I don't know what happened. They just started to like me. Um, I was upset with a few things in the company and they kind of threw me out there and said, by the way, you have a promo, go talk. And I'm like, well, what am I talking about? It's like, oh, just how you're mad about management. And I'm like, all right. So I kind of went out there <laughs> Drop and apart. I'm like, well, if you want me to talk and uh, I did, I was like, you know, how can I remember the promo? I, was, I started off as like, how can I be the main event in one of the biggest companies in the country in Perth? And over here, I just opened the show and like, well, well and I guess there's one fan that really, really liked me and he was vocal. And I told him, like, I don't need your support because I'm trying to be, trying to be a bad guy here. And he wouldn't. He's like, I don't care. I'm going to cheer for you anyways. And then I guess people caught on, thought it was hilarious. And then they turned me and then I ended up winning, uh, the championship, uh, a year later. So it was like a two years thing in the making and, uh, that's when everything started skyrocketing. Yeah. So, um, and that's when I opened the school and everything was just, everything was rocking. So, I, I I guess if you look at things from like even a year ago, if you asked how things were, I was probably on top of the on top of the world. Like things could not be any more perfect. Well, having your own school is a lot of yes time dedication. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think we're the same. You and I, in that we work too hard. But we don't think it's enough. Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> I work. I could work more. See, that's see, like exactly. See, we work too hard, but we don't think it's enough. Exactly. I was supposed to have we, a phone interview, and I was like, "Oh yeah, you could totally call me at four in the morning today. I'll what, wake up. We just work, and like I I'll was sleep when I'm retired. Exactly, and I like being and Lance kind of put that on me as well it's a bit more of the, the holier than now like I lead by example so if I can work four jobs and I can get up at five six in the clock in the morning and go to bed at like one o'clock and do all this stuff and hit two workouts and train and do this how come you can't and that's that's what I tell my students I'm like well I've done this today so how come you can't do it and they're like oh well I can't really complain you know what I mean if I and I I probably always look stressed and I'm running around, you know, I'm trying to run a school. I'm trying to run my personal training clients. You know, I'm trying to run all these other things. I'm working at another gym as a personal trainer. And it was just, you know, trying to maintain 
a social life. Yeah. All that. I'm trying to find that balance. And I say, how can you tell me that you had no time to work out today when I've already done two sessions and I've done four clients this morning and I'm teaching tonight? So what's your, what's your excuse? One um, of the things that my mentor, Kevin Undergaro, who started uh, and co-created After Buzz with Marie Menounos, he said to me, if you ask anyone on the planet, they will say they are a hard worker. And it's just, there are people that actually work hard and there are people that either think they work hard, but it's like everyone, everyone's always tired. Everyone's always working too hard. Exactly. Actually, one of the CEOs from that um, management company I was working for, he said to me, if you're busy, he sat me down. He's like, if I need something done, who do I give it to? Do I give it to the busiest person or the person has nothing to do? I'm like, you give it to the busiest person. He goes, that's correct. Why? I said, because he's got that much stuff to do. He'll, He'll get it done. Get it done. He'll get it yeah. done and go. But the other guy will procrastinate and he's got nothing to do anyway. So that's all he's got to do. So he'll just take his time, which is exactly what it was. And I was, when I was there, I was a customer service manager for a team of nine for a freight brokerage. Um, I was dealing with major accounts, which is like multi-million dollar accounts. And while doing that, while trying to wrestle, while trying to be a personal trainer and trying to go in the gym. Like, I mean, it's just what you do, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, you make it work. You have to. You, like, you have to. Yeah. It's like sink or swim. <laughs> it feels like a life or death situation sometimes. <laughs> all, it feels like that <laughs> all the to time. balance everything. Yeah. And you're like, I'm looking, I'm like, okay, I have to hustle. Can I do, can I, can I do this? This will work. I, I could figure that out. But I think it makes you resourceful. And yeah. I think you may not necessarily need to be academically smart. Um, but if you're street smart and you're, you know, you know what you're doing, then it's fine. Do you mean like if, if you're the smartest person in the world, then that's good for you. But if I'm resourceful, then I'm going to find the smartest guy in the world to give me the answers. So then I seem like the smart guy. Like that's, you know, <laughs> <laughs> if you ask me a question, I don't know the answer. That's fine. I'll find out. Then I'll tell you the answer, but I'm going to surround myself with people. So what Wikipedia is for? Google, right? Yeah. I mean, I do that all the time. I'm like, how do I tie a Windsor knot? That's what I, I oh, it's really random. <laughs> I even know how to tie a Windsor knot. Do you? Yeah. Who are you? Kathy Kelly. <laughs> I learned when I was like four. Did you really? Yeah. Learned how to tie my shoes when I was two and a half. <laughs> two, no, you didn't. Yeah, I did. On your own? Um, no, I was taught. Okay, because I tie my shoelaces weird, everyone tells me. I do like two loops and then I cross them. Yeah, that's what I do. Do you? It's You're the, the bunny ears. The yes. Awesome. Yeah. That's what I tell everyone. And yeah. everyone says I'm an idiot because they, they do like, do, the, like the one and oh, then that's they wrap around. stupid. Get out of it. Save me some time. Get out of it. I can't. You're the only other person I know that does bunny ears. And I taught Rachel Lance's daughter how to do bunny ears. That's the easiest. Everyone says I'm silly. I'm kind of a knot tying prodigy. I don't know if you know. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I do know. It's it's on your resume, right? (laughs) It's like after Buzz host and then it goes boom. (laughs) Knot tying entrepreneur. I did uh, in summer camp, we did like boating lessons and yeah. stuff. And so I also learned how to tie like a bunch of like different no, you, nautical what? knots. Yeah. Boating? You know, <laughs> so I can't stupid. swim. I didn't even think about that for, you can't swim. No, I can't swim. Like. I can't swim. I know. It's so stupid. I live in Australia. It's an island. I know. I learned when I was little that I forgot. People are buoyant though. Like all you I would sink. Is- I would sink. Look at me. I'm very like, I have a, I have a lot of junk in my trunk. Like I'll go to, I'll get like a, <laughs> I've got a booty, and I know I do, and I've got big calves, so I sink. It, yeah, so I can't swim. So I would require your knot tying skills to say, <laughs> I don't know how it would save me, yeah. but it would. Really, do you tie, like, like all those, 
tying no. a boat I'm also, to... I was belay certified in high school for rock climbing, so... I just got rock climbing. I mean... <laughs> yeah, like, we, you have to learn go. how to tie knots so you can, like, actually do the ropes and stuff. So oh, no, I only went someone. to the... Oh, really? Yeah. You're like an outdoor specialist. It's like Kathy versus the wild. That'd be know. incredible. Oh, that'd be... <laughs> can someone please book this? What's, what's something that uh, people wouldn't guess about you from just looking at you? I... I don't know. I look quite different anyways. People look at me. The first thing they say is, you don't look the way you sound. I mean, for some, pe- for the people that are just listening <laughs> and have never seen you before, you have a mohawk. I've, yes, I have a blonde mohawk-ish. Um, and <laughs> you are smiling constantly. And I'm very brown. And yeah, I don't know. Um, What would they not know about me? Or what's something that I don't know about you that's, that would <sighs> surprise me? You know you know pretty much everything. Um, uh, I, you know what? Actually... This is funny. I, I'm, I love, I love, 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 like, I love slam poetry, which is funny. Okay. Which isn't a normal thing. I I don't go out and watch it, like, but there's little things. Do you perform? No, no. But I've, I've watched a lot and it it does help with my promos. Yeah. But, um, I watch a lot of it. I just love. They have so much conviction in the the, words that they're saying. Oh, God. It's the intention, the conviction, the way that the wordplay, I find it so interesting. I think, um, these days our vocabulary has been so short and especially in Australia we're one of the laziest countries ever we abbreviate everything we don't even say Australia properly so that pretty much says it all um so if when you I did like Australian slam poetry it'd be like Australia <laughs> you haven't said crikey yet is I'm the for- country <laughs> of <laughs> they're just like they take dramatic pauses in we, the middle yeah. of words it is it's funny because a lot of people will take like We'll take the piss out of it. Um, that's the, is that a show? I think that's a show. We'll take, we'll take, like, joke around with slam poetry, but like, I've seen some of the most powerful stuff and I'm sitting there going, whoa, I love, I love wordplay. I love, like, well, that's why I think your puns are, they make me laugh. Um, I try not to tell you. <laughs> and Ty Matthews just wants to kill himself. Oh, cause I do it, I do it all the time to him in the car and he gets really but he's upset so with me. He's so good at puns too. He why is. Doesn't he not? He gives me the side it? look like, really. I mean, that's one of the reasons we became friends was because of, like, pun <laughs> wordplay. And then now I feel like he just hates me and wants me he's to like, go jump. <laughs> for something. <laughs> I um yeah I I guess I have I have a lot of energy. Um but I here's something that's a bit interesting. Like I find myself um I adapt to rooms a lot. So if I walk into a room and there's someone with ridiculously high energy, I will find myself just kind of like staying very quiet and observing. Oh, yeah. But I do it like I I'm very conscious of it now and I, I never thought I was I thought it was I thought I would just do it but I'm so conscious of it like I find that I will I don't just stay strong with my personality and this is who I am and this is what's going to you're going to get I I'm very um if someone's loud wants to be attention I'm like that's cool you can be attention I'm just going to chill out and and I can kind of have a break type thing and then if if the attention comes on me then I I will be who I am but yeah. um yeah like I I don't need to be center of attention all the time but I do enjoy it so something that I want you to describe to listeners, yeah, is tap out to love. <laughs> Where did that come from? Because you were talking about it at. Uh, I think it's hilarious. You've told me about it several times. I've witnessed it, oh, and bringing up Ty Matthews Lord. just reminded me of how much I want okay, to talk about so it. Okay, so from 
back oh, would have been a few, how many years ago now a company in Perth called uh, EPW um, they are a gigantic family and I love them to death um, I was the place the probably only place I'd, I'd work for free and fly for free because I just believe in what they're doing um, and there's a few guys there that I'm very close friends with uh, a couple of them um Kingston, a friend of mine, Kingston, and uh, Slater, who, uh, who's from Adelaide, um, Damien Slater, they're all ridiculously talented <laughs> wrestlers. But as you know, when it comes to wrestling... Uh, <laughs> you can get a little handsy. Very handsy. We're very affectionate men. We're very, like, you know, we're, we're comfortable with our sexuality. So, um, there's a thing that they would do because boys being boys, they want to fight and be rough and, you know, make you tap out legit, which is just too easy. It's too too violent we can't get hurt before our matches right so they had a thing kingston does it all the time so if he's listening he'll know um it he, t- he calls it tap out to love so he <laughs> like he'll hug you or like nuzzle into your neck or like try to kiss you on the neck or whatever <laughs> and you're like you're just too much and then slater slater is the best because he taps out immediately like as soon as anyone gets close he's, he's like tapping out straight away so it um it, it's very funny. I, I think it's hilarious. And some guys will go very far. They're on the floor. And I'm like, this is getting intense. Yeah. No one's tapping out. And that's when you, that's when I walk away normally. Cause I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know how far they're going to go in a locker room. But <laughs> and you brought that to the US. <laughs> did, did, no, I did. Oh, okay. I? Have I? No. Just the terminology. Yeah. Yeah. Did I, did I bring that here? I think I did do it. Probably. I, I say a lot of inappropriate things to make people laugh. I just like laughing. I think it's yeah. funny. Um, so I want to know, where do you see yourself or where do you want to be in five to ten years? Like, what what is the goal? Well, I I think the goal always is WWE. I think that's something I was wanting since I was five. Do you know what I mean? So being a five-year-old watching WWE, you can't help not want to be there. Do you know what I mean? I, I guess um, I love wrestling so much. I love the, the art of storytelling and, and going out there and, and making... You make people feel emotions without saying a word. And, and that, I think, is, is so magic. And that's, um, you know, when I was a little kid and I used to watch wrestling, I got that feeling. And now I feel it's my responsibility to give the same to the people and the kids that watch so I want to do that in the largest platform possible and where else could you like what better place yeah. than WWE so I mean I'd love to be there I also love teaching um, and seeing my students and seeing how talented guys like a JXT back home and a Emmanuel and um, all these guys um, Fox these these kids they're working so hard um, and they're so supportive of me you know and, and um you can't you, there's a different feeling you know what I mean the rush you get an adrenaline I'm sure you, when, when you're out in front of a crowd and they're cheering responding to your actions is incredible but there's that also feeling where you've watched a kid grow from nothing like into a confident person yeah. deliver on stage and do exactly what you've told them and it works That that's also something too you know what I mean so I'd love I'd love to be I'd love to be working for WWE I mean how, how could you not yeah. you know be on that main stage and, and sharing that but also passing on my knowledge I can't we're helpers we can't, I can't not help and, and teach and share what I've got with everyone else because what's the point of having all this stuff you've got no one to share it with like what's the point <laughs> it's boring yeah shifting gears a little bit I yeah. ask everyone who comes on chatting with Kathy my favorite uh, food, or mm-hmm. if I could only have one food the rest of my life, it would be cereal. Yeah. So I have to ask yeah. you, what is your favorite cereal? Cereal. Okay, so we don't get them in Australia. 
um, but I had them in Canada and I got Lucky Charms in Canada. Oh, and my gosh. I Lucky love them. I'm like, so this good. is, what is the this? Top fiver. Yeah, I love it. Um, back home, we got pretty boring ones. Um, I think they're probably different. We got Cocoa Pops. Oh, we have Cocoa, yeah. Cocoa Puffs. Cocoa Puffs. Okay, yeah. we got little Cocoa Pops. They're like this little, and we got Rice Bubbles. You got Rice Bubbles? Uh, Rice Krispies. Okay. Um, we got Wheat Bix. You have Wheat Bix? That sounds boring. I don't eat it. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah no, you I can't have it. You can't have it without a lot of sugar on it. Yeah. Like a lot of sugar That's on what, it. when I was little, my mom wouldn't let me have the sugary cereal, cereals, like the Lucky Charms or the So what did you have? So, I would have Rice Krispies, but I would take a packet of sugar and... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what, that's what I did. Which is probably just the same it's thing. the same thing. <laughs> but we don't, like, I, I probably have, co- I, I love Lucky Charms. Like, Ty Matthews has bought all these, like, cereals, cause he's, like, he loves cereal. Because he's collect, because he loves Halloween, so he's got all of them. So I have been raiding his pantry. Yeah, he eating. had like. Uh, he's got like twelve boxes of Count Chocula. Yeah. So I've tried that one. They're like that's like a chocolate like that's, yeah. Lucky Charms, yeah. right? Essentially. Uh, no, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, it's that marshmallow thing I really like, and then the milk changes flavor. Oh, yep. Now I want cereal. Yum. What is the the one food that you would have if you could only eat one thing the rest of your life? Oh. I don't, uh, I really like pizza. I eat a lot of pizza. I try not to, but I do like pizza. Um, I, I think it would have to be that because I don't, I, all I eat at the moment is chicken and rice. That's all I eat. I'm pretty boring. Yeah. Um, but I would have to say if I, and I eat, I like ice cream. I'm a big ice cream guy. You said that's your comfort food. It is, well, you know, it used to be cookie dough. <laughs> cookie dough. Oh my god! When I would get depressed or really sad, I would go to the grocery store and you got those. They look like oh, like just meat. the, the, yeah, the yeah. tube of cookie dough. And no, I, would, I eat that. And for, I would eat it in high school. I would eat those for breakfast. No, you do. <laughs> yeah. No, you didn't. Yeah. Who eats cookie dough? For, just, just because. Because that's what I wanted for breakfast. Cookie I mean, dough. my mom, like, she's a single mother, so she would work from, like, 7 a.m. until probably 7 at night. Yeah. And so I was on my own for meals. And so, you know, before school, like, I wanted cookie dough, so I would just eat That's cookie the, dough. Or, I like, look. those bricks. Like, I would I would have, like, four of those, like, little squares. <laughs> yeah. I would eat it. Like, when, when my parents, or I come home and I've got, like, a cook, like, cookie dough, they're like, oh, no, something's wrong. I have a recipe, though, that I have to give you because it is... What I deem to be breakfast cookie dough, and what? you can make breakfast cookies with it. It's banana chocolate chip cookie dough, but it's a little bit healthier because there aren't any eggs in it. There's no butter. There's no oil. It's um, instead of all those things, you take a stick or uh, a stick. Um, you take a banana, which yeah. is the equivalent to a stick of butter, approximately in size, and you take a four ounce container of applesauce instead of eggs. And really? you mix that in with the flour, the sugar, I need the, this. you know, baking soda, and a little bit of salt, chocolate chips. That sounds good. So good. Can you make it for me, please, before I leave? I'm yeah. leaving soon. Yeah. So you have to make it. I, I love home-cooked meal. That's, like, the ultimate. I mean, I'm, you know, I bake a lot, but... You do. You haven't baked me anything. I haven't tried anything you made. What? I feel no. like I've baked several times since you've been here. Yeah, and, and I've had... missed out on them. Yeah, I, I, I feel that's on purpose. Mm-hmm. I feel that's on purpose. Well, You've changed. You used to be one of the good ones. Yeah. You've changed. But I, yes, I, I love it. Thank you. I'm, I'm holding you to that. <laughs> I'm just going to keep tweeting it until I, I mean, get everyone just wants like everything baked by me and like, I just can't. <laughs> like, I, I don't have enough time in my day to like. Well, you can make time because you love helping, right? And so I need help with my stomach to eat 
food made by you. Hypothetical situation. Yes. You're on a first date and you have a wedgie. Okay. Do you pick it or do you not pick it? And if you do, how do you go about it? Oh, I pick it easy. Easy. Like, if you're smart, you can pick it from your pocket and no one knows. What? If you have your, if you put your hand in your pocket. Are we talking boxers or briefs? Because I don't think I would be able to do that with. Well, <laughs> my underwear. <laughs> you can't like if you pull the side because it has to wrap around, right? Yeah. So if you pull the side enough from your pocket, like I usually be like I'm grabbing something from my pocket and I pull the side out and then I check the other pocket, the other side out, and it just it's gone. And I have a deep crevice because I have. A, <laughs> I was like, where am I going with this? Because <laughs> of this this Beyonce booty I got over yeah. here so like I have I have you said a, junk in your trunk well it's not junk because if you know what to do with it I guess it's not junk right um, but my um, this this butt it, it, I've got a I've got this thing called hungry bum so I get a lot of hungry bum if I drop something pick up on the floor my butt just eats whatever shorts pants underwear I've got and I have an instant wedgie all the time it's not it, it's it's my gift is my curse I guess yeah. you could say so shifting gears, um, I am a huge fan of board games, as yes. you know from my love of Settlers of Catan. What is your favorite board game? Um, every game because I win them all. Um, uh, so that is like, yet to be proven. Uh, no, no, no. Like I do. Like Monopoly, I would destroy Monopoly. Uno, I'm like the killer. I just beat my nine year old niece at Monopoly, so I'm kind of the Monopoly queen. <laughs> all right. And... Well, I think even your what is it, Settlers of Settlers of Catan. Yeah, I'd probably beat you at that too. Yeah. Like, give me like 10 minutes to figure out how to play and I'd probably get you, I reckon. Yeah. I love board games. I mean, I practice a lot. I have the app on my phone, so I don't really know. You don't know the strategies I, yet. You and... told me one of the strategies, so. Yeah, but the, the like most basic me, of basic strategies. Mate, uh, you're playing, you're playing with fire here. I reckon you'd be in a lot of trouble. I reckon, I'm pretty good at, I like Monopoly. Yeah. I'm really good at that. I like, like card games and stuff, like Uno. I do like Uno. I'm a huge um, fan of Guess Who. That's a great one. Battleships. Battleship, uh, yeah, I struggle with Battleship. Oh, yeah. But when it comes to like any board games, like, remember Game life. of Life? Oh, we just, that was my same thing. Clue. Clue. I never I think played. they call it Cluedo. Where Cluedo, you're from. we got Clu- where I'm, <laughs> I'm not from outer space. Um, you're an alien. <laughs> you've said me, you said that a few times to me, <laughs> and you just say it in passing as if I don't hear That's it. That's one of my favorite emojis, the alien emoji and the rocket ship emoji. So is that, what, so if I was going back to Australia, that's what you're going to send me? Cause I'm an alien no. coming back. Oh, well, that would just, oh, gold. What's your favorite emoji? Um, the if octopus. you were on emoji, oh, okay, octopus. The, on the Android though, because it celebrates. It looks like it's celebrating. What? Yeah, it's different to the iPhone oh, one. Weird. Yeah, it's got its arms up and it's celebrating. So I guess when I send that, I'm celebrating as an as an octopus. But then other people get it, and it's just like this purple, ugly thing. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh wait, that doesn't make. See, I always do this the side smirk one because I feel like a lot of people don't understand when I'm being sarcastic. Do you know what that means in Australia? What that means, like you're down to hook up. Well, all of my tweets then mean something it's completely true. different in other countries. Yeah, it's true because oh, one of my stupid, one of my students said that it's like, oh, you got to put that one because that's what that means. I'm like, no, it doesn't. And I'm like, apparently it does. What? This that little side smirk. Wow. It's like, well, you know, it's like you know what's up. <laughs> it's that I mean, I think in certain contexts, yes, but not when I'm like talking about. I want to go through. Your, I need to go through your tweets and just retweet them all and have that little face there. I'm like, oh, naughty cereal, no. hey, <laughs> naughty cereal, no, with Kathy no, Kelly. No. 
I'm like, that's, that's my why you're sarcastic getting face. That? Yeah. That's not sarcastic. Yeah, I'm like, huh? I know something <laughs> I, I that you that don't you, know. I love that you tried your face thing. <laughs> okay. That's my favorite. Uh, another question. Yes. Hypothetical. Uh-huh. Uh-oh. Would you rather mm. have bubbles come out of your eyeballs every time you cried or purple smoke come out of your butt every time you fart. No, 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 no. Nothing's coming out of my butt. I'll tell you that much. There's no way. Especially purple smoke. Are you kidding me? That'd be the worst. It's like there's there's an art to like making sure no one catches you when you like, guys are the worst. Especially when you have a lot of protein. It's like, you know what I mean? Chicken and rice. Like my, oh, I don't even want to start. My, I, I am very sensitive nose and I, I get really mad when there's a bad smell. So my friends think it's funny to, to lock the windows and and do it in the car. And I'm I've like, also noticed that there's a lot of farting that goes on during wrestling training. Oh, Every time ugh, I'm like, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> spectating. And there's a smell, and you're like, "What's that smell?" And mine, I, I think I'm, I'm an exception. <laughs> I, mine don't smell, so I get. I wish I kind of wish. Yeah, I know. Mine don't smell. So not a silent but deadly situation. But no, because I, I maybe smoke would just. Not well, when I want to get my friends back, I'll I'm like, oh, this one's gonna smell. I get you, and I look at him, and there's nothing. I'm like, no, I feel like an so idiot. So you'd rather have bubbles out bubbles come out yeah. of your eyeballs every time. You well, I don't them. really. I mean, I'm I'm an emotional dude. So, um, uh, I guess you could just lighten the situation. Like, I mean, I I laugh when I'm like I cry when I laugh too hard. Yeah. So that would make it even better. Me on. <laughs> Because then, well, if I laugh too hard and I'm on the floor and there's bubbles coming out, that's really cute. <laughs> but if I'm laughing so hard that I fart and the purple smoke comes out, no one's no one's gonna laugh with me anymore. Like it'll stop. The room will stop. If I'm yeah. sitting here laughing with you and we're laughing and I start crying, yeah. And then there's bubbles. That's really cute. But if we laugh real hard and then this this little mate comes out from behind and goes hello and there's purple smoke. Oh Jesus, that could be not be my. Imagine sitting in like church or something and like that. <laughs> Purple smoke fills the chair. Are you walking up to get communion? Oh my goodness! I can only imagine like how bad the situation could be. People would think be. you were the devil. Yeah, you, <laughs> you just walk, <laughs> walking towards the priest with this like big purple smoke behind you, and one of those long ones. Oh, nah, yeah. definitely, definitely bubble eyes. Okay, last question before we get into the shameless plug section. Do you have any advice for um, people that might want to get into wrestling or the entertainment industry in general? I think the first thing you got to do when it comes to that is know what you want. Like, be very certain on this is what you want to do. Because obviously, you know, with entertainment and obviously with wrestling, there's so much crap you have to go through and there's, there's a lot of unpredictability a lot of unpredictability a lot of things that's going to make you question what you want in life and and you know one day you're going to be on top of the world and next you're at the bottom and you got to go why am i doing this and is this worth it and if you don't you don't want to get in like five six years in of giving your hard like money time effort into going i didn't really want this do you know what I mean? And if you really want it, then you got to give it 110%. There's no point. You can't half-ass it. And I think you you know that too. Like we, you got to do 120%. When it comes when it comes to wrestling, I would I would say get in the best shape as you possibly can because the wrestling aspect to it, um, I feel I can teach pretty much anyone, um, and as long as they're willing to learn. But the hardest thing is, for instance, for me, I'm not the tallest guy in the world. So you put a, me next to like a six foot eight bodybuilder. You know, I might be an exceptional wrestler, but they're going to look at him before me, and that's just a look thing. So, uh, find a way to look. There's a reason why I have a blonde mohawk for crying out loud. And I'm, <laughs> I'm brown, and I sound Australian. So, 
um, it's about being standing out and being passionate about what you want. I think once you're passionate and your your intentions are good, um, you can't really go wrong. Because at the end of the day, if you're giving 120% and you care about what you're doing and you care about the people around you and you're not trying to step on other people to get there, um, at the end of the day, um, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be successful, but yeah. you're going to be happy. And I think at the end of the day, we spend too much time chasing um, success and not happiness. Um, hopefully, we they can go hand in hand. Wise words. Oh, I try. <laughs> I'm not good at maths, though. Yeah. Or English is. <laughs> You're the worst. <laughs> awesome. Well, Carlo, this brings us to our shameless plug <sighs> section. So if people would like to follow your journey on Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff, where can they find you? They can find me. You ready? <clears throat> at... Carlo Cannon with a thick R there um, and you can follow my wrestling school at Vicious Pursuit so um, you can find all those on Instagram and the Twitter awesome thank you thanks for coming oh, in oh thanks for having me it was too much fun that went really quick that interview really did feel like it just flew by so I hope you guys enjoyed it I am so thankful to be able to call Carlo a friend and loved having him on this week's episode. Of course, follow his journey on Twitter and Instagram. You can also follow me on Twitter at Katherine Kelly and on Instagram at Kathy Kelly. I'm on Periscope and Snapchat as well. If you guys have 30 seconds, take that time and just go over to iTunes, type in Chatting with Kathy, and then subscribe and rate the podcast. Helps me out so much, and then also helps other people find the show. Let me know what you think, what uh, you like about the podcast, what improvements might be able to be made, and what guests you'd like to hear from in the future, and I will try to get them on the show. Thank you to everyone at AfterBuzz who has helped make this podcast possible, from Kevin Undergaro to Phil Svitek to Mark Donica, Stephen Lemieux, and of course, thanks to you guys for listening every week. I promise, again, there will be another episode next Thursday or Friday. So until that time, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.